welcome to this week's EG Light Sunday Morning. And after weeks of episodes, it seems like, filled with uh, political and economic turmoil, interest rates rises and doom and gloom about the markets, we thought it was high time we actually brightened up your Sunday mornings uh, with something a bit more celebratory. Uh, so this time out, I am delighted to be joined by EG's esteemed editor, Sam McClary, and our head of events and EG LSM debutante, Natalie Roberts, uh, to champion the best and brightest of the industry with a special episode all about the EG Awards. Uh, now, both of you, it is, of course, Sunday morning, so you've had plenty of time to recover. But are you uh, still feeling the after effects of a big night? I mean, it's the biggest night in property, Jess, so it does linger, um, as you can probably hear from my from my <laughs> from my voice. But um, what a night! I'm uh, upset that we can't talk about the um, increase in interest rates and the longest recession known to man. But we'll we'll put that. <laughs> we'll, Don't worry. Yeah, we'll put that off till next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Natalie, how are you? How are you recovering? Yeah, you always spend the days after an event thinking what you could have done better, how you could have made it even more perfect, and what can we do next year? And yeah, you thought you never stop thinking about that sort of thing. But otherwise, we could we could we're a bit relieved in the events team. <laughs> Natalie will no doubt have the fear as well that um, I'm just going to announce to the world that we're doing something even more extreme next doing year. It on the moon next year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Sam. Sam is uh, on on the demanding side, shall we say? Or she she sets a high high standard, Natalie. She sets a high standard, um, but not anything that she wouldn't want to deliver herself. Um, but so you always feel you have to keep up, but it always inspires you to be the best that we can be, and it it always brings that feel good factor. So it's worth doing. <laughs> mm. And of course, one of the big ways in which she uh, she made life complicated for you this year was uh, this target of the EG Awards going net zero. Uh, so, how did you how did you go about achieving that on such a big event? Well, I googled what net zero actually meant, <laughs> and then <laughs> I had to do quite a lot of research in how do events generate carbon emissions, and that is in basically in every single part of the supply chain, something is offsetting a carbon emission. Um, and you're not even sure if you're using the right terminology half of the time. So um, first of all, you start with your budget. In any event, you start with a budget and you work out how much money have I got and how much money do I need to work this out. Um, and then you have to source suppliers who are committed to the same venture. And as much as the events industry is doing their best to achieve this you it's hard it's hard to calculate and not everybody has the time to be able to work it out and we're all facing the same thing how do you even calculate it so um you start by asking your suppliers what are your sustainability credentials most of them will say we're committed to um you know recycling where we can and reusing where we can so a lot of the things that you use in events is a backdrop or a set um you know, programs, brochures, uh, branding, all of those things. And a lot of the time people don't sort of think, oh, is it is it a good idea to print on paper? But if you're using uh, recycled pulp, I think I got told, and vegetable inks and biodegradable glass, then, you know, <laughs> it, it's OK. <laughs> um, 
so that's where we started um mm. and we brought in some experts to help us calculate now you wouldn't believe what you have to calculate so how many emails did I send in the organization? Mm. How many hours did I work either online and offline? <laughs> how many times did I travel to the venue? How many times did my suppliers travel to the venue? Um, where are all of our delegates coming from and how are they getting there? And if you're coming from the other end of the country, you know, does that have a bigger impact? Are they coming internationally? Fortunately, this time we didn't, or unfortunately, we didn't have too many people coming internationally. Um, so, yeah that's that's all the things you have to start with just to work mm. out how we're going to get there and then you have to work out okay after that what can we do to reduce how many carbon emissions so what are your mm. alternative options um as i said the paper but also food choices so are you using locally sustainably produced chickens or um you know vegetarian and vegan options first which is something sam obviously pioneered last year mm-hmm. um and very happy to do again but also what does what does a paying delegate want <laughs> at their dinner and what are that what are they willing to settle for so it's it's all well and good trying to achieve that but what what do your guests want on the night mm. as well and you almost have to guide them there <laughs> um <laughs> I think you de- you definitely have to guide them there, Natalie. And I think you know sometimes there is a little bit of push pushback, um, but the the majority of comments I I got at the event on Wednesday night was like thank thanks for um, forcing us and and you know people were like oh well I didn't I, I didn't know I had an option and we're like well the option was there but we might not put it you know sort of um, straight yeah, there in front yeah. of your face because. <laughs> you know we want we want to help guide you on this journey to do do the right thing and the food was wonderful and um uh really really tasty better than any meat first dish that I've had at the Grosvenor house um over the decades I've been going there and you know you do need to nudge people and that's part of our role at EG is to is to nudge people in the right direction and we have we have to nudge ourselves as as well which is why I am irritating and say we're going to do do this and then and then f- force Natalie to to do it and, and she's been very kind in saying um I wouldn't I wouldn't ask anything of anyone else that I wouldn't be willing to do myself but I wouldn't know how to how to do it you know Natalie is a absolute expert and if she if she doesn't know she goes she goes digging to find it out and she um, pulled off a a wonderful um event on Wednesday that yes did still have some carbon um connected to it but we also went looking for you know if we have to offset then let's let's choose the best offset that we that we can and uh, do you know do you know uh, any idea on in terms of scale and what what is left to offset and and what the the best way of going about that is going to be so we uh generated just over 12 tons of carbon dioxide um which the cost of that in total we invested about four thousand five hundred pounds into offsetting um and putting towards this project um i'm not sure if i should say that on a podcast um but uh so and you can you can choose to offset to projects and depending which project you choose depends on how much you should put towards it and what you want to achieve with it and all of the projects are gold standard approved um and 
predominantly they're projects that affect people most affected by climate change um, in developing countries, um, which is why we picked healthy homes in Guatemala, um, which might seem quite far away, but they're the people that feel it most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sam, this I imagine is all, is all part of, of, of that desire for us to to very much walk the walk whilst we're talking the talk. And, and it, it's our way of encouraging the industry to to uh, get on board with the, the kind of things that we're, we're writing and talking about every week. Absolutely. You know, I can't I can't um, point the finger at the industry and ask it to do better if we're if if we're not um, doing doing the same, that wouldn't be. Um, at all authentic and that you know that is exactly what we're trying to make the eg awards and and everything else you know that this is um you know it's why we got got rid of the necessity to wear black tie we want you to be authentically you we want it to be much more open to to people and i was um really uh pleased to see a, a real mix of individuals at, at the awards on on wednesday and i was i was talking to to Seagra and they brought along some of their their graduates and do you know what if we'd been black tie some of those graduates might not have been a, been able to afford to uh, rent a tux or or that sort of thing or it might have just felt like oh I don't know what to do but actually by us saying no just come and be come and be you wear what you feel awesome in it, it opens it up and and what an opportunity for for them and our our winners of the um social impact award regeneration brainery brought along their brainies and you know and these were these were 17 year olds who had to you know get parental consent consent to come but they got to be in a room full of some of the biggest leaders in in real estate you know um, David Sleeth from Seagrove Simon Carter from British British Land uh, just um you know who's who of, of real estate and these young kids coming into the market got to you know rub shoulders with them and what what an opportunity that is and if we can open the doors to that then it's brilliant it makes me feel very proud to be part of of this this company and and the whole industry so uh what were what were some of the big stories of the night big stories of the night we can't give them yeah. away on the eg property podcast jeff they're going to be for um <laughs> online and in, in print how dare you make us give away <laughs> scoops here <laughs> Uh, I had to Do you try, mean who but, were some but, of the big wins? Yeah, go on. We'll we'll go we'll go with who were some of the big wins. <laughs> and so um <laughs> our, our city of the year was um Birmingham City mm-hmm. and there was um quite a lot of whooping from the table there and you and um, people have seen across some um, social media since since the event. They have been going crazy for for that award. We think it was probably better than a Commonwealth um gold medal. Um <laughs> and uh and David Sleeth. Who I've mentioned um, took home the outstanding individual uh, award um, to to much um, much applause. Uh, obviously, he's um, he's had a, a great run at, at Seagro, and he was um, humbly David Sleeth and um, sort of dedicated his award to to the team. I'm not really wanting to take it for for himself, which was um, yeah uh, typical typical of David and why um, why he won the award. Uh, really and um yeah you, i mean i can't i can't reel off 21 winners <laughs> no. um but they were no. uh, they were some really excellent excellent winners and people can go online and and see that but the big story actually there was a big story jess mm-hmm. which i can share um which was um 
uh, show us your shoes and shoe gate. Absolutely, I was going to as, ask you about that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, clearly I had some pretty awesome shoes on, some, some gold um, trainers, uh, but I was completely outdone by Mark Robinson at um, Elandi and chair of the High Street Task Force um, for his fish flops. They fish had flops. Um, so he had, <laughs> he was dressed very dapperly, and then I looked down and there were some plastic, um, I, I hope sustainable, um, flip-flops <laughs> that looked like fish. So there were toes on show and all sorts, and it was, um, it was genius. So he wins the prize, I think, for um, the best shoes. shoes of and the that, night. that comes with a digital magazine subscription, I believe. It does. It does. So he's a very lucky man. Indeed he is. I mean, just for owning the shoes, let alone the subscription. Yeah. Yeah, were they, were they mean, factored in? Were they factored into the calculation, Natalie? The the footwear of of attendees. I don't think we <laughs> include that in the original survey, but that's that's a good one to note. Actually, <laughs> does that go as far as leather? I mean, where does it stop? <laughs> mm. um, and Natalie, I, I, we, you've touched on this a bit. Uh, already but I thought it'd be interesting since we have you on for, for listeners who maybe haven't really thought about it they just sort of turn up to these things uh, have a fantastic night and, and go home but I thought it'd be interesting to ask you really how much work goes into planning a, a massive award ceremony like this it sounds like you had to calculate your your overall hours so, so what did it come out as? Uh, so for our team of three I calculated it was at least 600 hours within the team. Uh-huh. Then there are, it takes an army to put on an event. And we started planning this probably in December last year. So we've been working on this for about a year. You've got a design team, you have um, a wonderful partnerships team who are bringing our partners on board. You have all the partners who commit their time and the judges who commit their time. You have um, the people that submit the entries as well. That take that's a long thing to do is fill out an entry form for an awards ceremony. <laughs> um, you have the people making all the food, the people design designing the sets. You have um, people cleaning. You have all the service industry. Um, I mean, who have I forgotten? Oh, you have. We have a lot <laughs> of entertainment. So we had Ed Byrne. Um, mm on Wednesday uh, hosting with us and you know I don't know how many hours he spent thinking of his set but (laughs) um, (laughs) you know there's there's a whole production team who put together all um, the graphics so that everything is really impactful Um, so if my team of three were at least 600 hours I can only imagine what much bigger teams than mine were putting in for a whole year Um, we still putting together the final report so we've our, our we our consultant that we used agora they um i'm sure they were very annoyed with me by the end of it but they contacted every single one of my i think it was 25 suppliers um to ask them all the questions that i had to provide information for as well um you know and it, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I can't tell the answer yet, yeah. but we are putting a report together um, that will um, break down, you know, which element produced the most emissions. So was it catering mm-hmm. or was it um, uh, the design element? So, yeah, it, it's a lot of work to put on this piece, but it's so worth it. And I think the people that are there get a lot from it as well. And it 
fills me with pride. <laughs> it sounds a bit like painting the fourth rail bridge. No sooner are the 2022 awards done as you're already starting to think about how you can top it in 2023. Yes, and we were thinking that beforehand as well. Um, how how do we go bigger um, or go better or both? <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely always better because you get in events, you get one chance. And I think it was Judy Dench that said, theatre is a work in progress and events and events are theatre they are a live show and you get one chance and if things go wrong that's that's it that's your chance gone and you have to wait a whole year to do it again <laughs> and you can plan and plan and plan and plan but elements beyond your control can that, that will throw you off <laughs> well I don't obviously uh, over the last two years uh, that's <laughs> that you've had some pretty major events that have thrown you off so I imagine you're delighted to be back <laughs> to the, the regular uh, headaches of of planning a live event actually yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, are you, are you going to be insisting on carbon negative next time Sam <laughs> um pro- probably probably <laughs> no look I think um we will we will keep striving to do the very best that we can and lead by lead by example and you know we want to we want to be just as proud of of what we're doing to help make a change as the rest of the industry should be you know we're we are um you know on the edges but part of this industry too and if um um we will keep pushing and pushing and pushing and that's um and we'll we'll push them as much as we push ourselves. So, um, one day, I would love it if we were carbon neutral. I think it's it's a really hard journey to go on. And the, if as long as every year we are getting better, mm-hmm. and being more thoughtful, and um, taking our responsibility to people and the planet um, more and more seriously, then we're doing the right thing. Um, but it is a hard journey and a wiggly wiggly road. But um, we will we will stay on it. And, and I think, since we are, oh, go on, Natalie. Um, I think the more we find out, the more it's easier to achieve it. So this year, very much for me, was about, well, how do we calculate it? And I know that's a conversation that has been had for a really long time, but actually putting it into practice and saying, OK, I, I think we know how to calculate it, but how are we can actually implement that? Um, and it's all well and good talking about it, but actually doing it, that's that's where you're like oh this is what it takes to do it and now you've done all this research Natalie has it changed how you do things in your everyday life yes although (laughs) um I suppose I suppose I've always recycled and I've always tried to have a couple of veggie days a week and um try to make better choices for the planet but I suppose now it's on a more professional level um we're all being held accountable for it. And I think, whereas before in events, you just want to get the job done and you throw money at the problem and you think, how do we just get the show on stage? Now, I think it would definitely make me choose one supplier over another. um, And more and more people are going to have to be able to, as Sam said, walk the walk. And and since we have you, just in case there are any young listeners out there or maybe even not so young listeners who, who who think they like the sound of a career in event planning what are the key qualities the job needs and, and do you have any advice 
don't do it. <laughs> um, I would say you need to have a lot of attention to detail and you can learn that. Um, you know, every single letter and every, it's like being a writer almost, I suppose, but actually if you imagine yourself as the person walking through your door and you're hosting them and you think, what is their journey from the minute they leave their house to the minute they get home and what have they experienced? You know, what smells have they smelt? What comfortability of the cushions on the chair and you know every single detail will affect because if it's a bad cushion and they're uncomfortable they're going to be irritable all day and that will influence whether they think your event was a success or not so a bit of empathy I would say um and patience (laughs) (laughs) this this job is very much one of relying on lots of other people to do their job and trust is so important in so choosing the people to be able to do that job and do it well and see your vision and realise your vision for something is really important. Um, and it's not about they have to get it perfect because 100% you will make a mistake on an event every time. And it's about how do you make sure no one else knows that that mistake happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, and calmness, I think not taking it too seriously. I think it is an extremely stressful and time sensitive role. Um, but having a sense of humour about things and knowing that in two days' time it won't matter, <laughs> um, that's that's all. It's resilience. And um, it's. I'd say it's been a rough time for the industry events-wise, um, but now is the time for it to bounce back and be really involved in creating what the events industry should be. Um, and so people coming into this environment will they they can shape it and I think that's that's a great thing going forward. Uh, I'm sure Sam would agree. I, I know only too well that the relief one feels at the the one you you're past the deadline and you've 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 got it in. So I, I just, <laughs> the the feeling of relief uh, when you've actually completed an event like that and and come out the other side must be incredible. Um. So lastly, Natalie, what else do we at EG have coming up that that people should be uh, signing up for? So actually carrying on the sustainability theme, we actually have, um, for anyone who doesn't want to leave their house this November, we have a (laughs) webinar on the 21st November about delivering biodiversity. Um, Again, they're words that maybe not everyone knows and maybe I don't either, but my brilliant events producer, Michelle, does. (laughs) Um, And so do I now because I have talked to them. Um. (laughs) Um, So you can watch that on our website uh, from the 21st of November. And then we, if you want to come in person on the 30th of November, we've got a whole day event that's talking about sustainable outcomes and making better ESG decisions. So helping real estate professionals uh, understand the regulation around social impact um, and governance so that's definitely one and they're both free so but you know if everyone's a bit bored of that now because that's what most of this podcast has been about <laughs> um, our future leaders summit is one not to be missed that's on the 24th of November where um, some really inspirational people and you know where one of our awards last night was the inclusive uh, Wednesday actually um, was the inclusive design award which was inspired by one of our future leaders and so all of the things that our business is doing some of it has stemmed from these really inspiring people so 
that is definitely one everyone should attend. We've got loads, you know. If you if you can't make it to London, we're going to Scotland. We'll be um, in Edinburgh on the tenth. That's really soon. Uh, we're going to Leeds. Um, yeah, I mean, what are we not doing? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever sleep, Natalie? Do no. you ever sleep? <laughs> it is the the EG Awards is usually our sort of culmination of the of the year, um, but not this not this year. We have um, uh, we we won't sleep until Christmas. Um, or we'll not be too won't excited. Sleep. And then, yeah, <laughs> then we'll stay up, and then it will all start to start again. You know, we're just working on um, 2023's program and how we can ensure that we are helping this industry understand what they need to know to to make the most out of out of it and that um and that will be ready soon so people can get involved and um and sign up and and come and partner with us on things as well if they want to help us um spread these and uh, spread the message and 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 help educate and and you know keep transforming this industry to be the very best that it can be Absolutely. Um, well, thank you very much, both of you, Natalie. I hope you've enjoyed your your debut podcast, not even just EGLSM, but I gather <laughs> this is your first ever podcast. My first ever podcast. Um, it's much easier than doing the events job, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's why Jess good. does this, yeah. not <laughs> That's events. Why, exactly. Job is swapped, Jess. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm happy with this. <laughs> uh, and now that you've done it, hopefully you can you can come in again maybe early next year to give us an update on uh, on what we have uh, in the pipeline. Yeah, lots more exciting things. Yeah. Good. Um, no quiz this week. Uh, we've had too much uh, else to cover. And no me next week. Uh, I have some annual leave that needs using up. So listeners will be treated to the mellow tones of Piers Wainer <laughs> and who knows who else from the team on another episode of EG Like Sunday Morning. Take it away, Sam. Cause we EG, EG like Sunday morning. I should have had that as my walk-up tune. Next time.